Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and happy game day. I'm Eric Kane alongside Grant Ramey. This is Game Quest of AllQuest.com Game Day Podcast. The regular season finale, it's Tennessee hosting Vanderbilt and two teams needing a win in the worst way. You got the Volunteers loser the two straights, have gotten punched in the mouth each of the past two weeks at Missouri and then a home against Georgia. And then you have Hawaii, who is two and nine, losers of nine straight after winning games one and two against Hawaii and Alabama A&M, 0 for in conference play. And uh, Vanderbilt's coming off its second bye week, and so had two weeks to prepare for the University of Tennessee. Grant, uh, again, it's an in-state rivalry, an in-state foe. I understand how bad Tennessee has been, and I've been saying it all week, so Tennessee better back it up for me. Um, can't, over, can't, can't afford to overlook anybody, given where you've been the last couple weeks, but, man, Tennessee should win this by 20-plus. I think you uh, disrespected Vandy by calling them Hawaii in the intro, by the way. If you want to uh, uh, apologize to all the Commodore listeners out there. Well, they played Hawaii is what I said. Did I say it wrong? But you, you referenced Hawaii the first time instead of Vandy. But anyway, yeah, it's it's the I'm end of silly. the season. We're all in, this, we're all in the same uh, fog. Yeah, Vandy's not a good team. Look at the record, obviously. Uh, Tennessee's not as bad as they've looked the last two weeks, I promise. Like, everybody wants to freak out. The sky is falling. I get it. 36-7, 38-10, those are bad losses, especially when you're a team that's supposed to score a million points and play fast and do everything. Uh, but Georgia couldn't be playing much better than Georgia's playing right now. Missouri couldn't be playing much better than Missouri's playing right now, even though they struggled with Florida a little bit the other night and, and had to win it on a walk-off field goal. But still, those are two pretty good football teams, and they put it on Tennessee. And it feels kind of like a year ago when Tennessee was going to Nashville to play Vanderbilt coming off that South Carolina game, and everybody's trying to figure out What's this team going to look like? Where are they going to go from here after that disaster in Columbia? And they came out and they beat Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. And they ran for like 7,000 yards. And they had like eight t- rushing touchdowns that were like 100-plus yards each. It felt like every time somebody touched the ball, they were just gone untouched to the end zone. So it's senior day. It's at home. It's Vanderbilt. Um, it's a chance to have a get-right moment, get-right game before whatever bowl game you turn your attention to. Um so you gotta you gotta win it. You gotta take care of business, and and most importantly, I think, and everybody's gonna talk about it all week. They've they've talked about it all season. Get Nico on the field at some point. Like it's Joe's senior day. Give him the start. Hope he plays well early. Score some points, and then empty the bench because that that would be the best case scenario for this football team at this point. Seven thousand rushing yards in one game, and a couple of a hundred plus rushing yard touchdowns. It's That's all how possible, dominant right? it was. It felt like that last year. Yeah, I mean, it felt like that last year for sure. Um, yeah, it's going to be senior day. You mentioned that. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, one of the questions throughout the week was kind of where, you know, where are these two teams, like the, the minds are at, right? I mean, you got Tennessee playing Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt sucks. Okay. Um, you've gotten just humiliated each of the past two weeks. So that in itself, I feel like would be motivation to be like, all right, I want to get back out there and I want to, I want to punch somebody else instead of get been getting punched. 
But for Tennessee, too, you have senior day. Um, this will be the last game a lot of these players play because there'll be some opt-outs. There always are. This will be the last game in Neyland that a lot of these guys play. Sometimes you don't know if this is going to be your last game in Neyland yet, but um, you're going to go out there and play it like it is. So it's going to be an emotional game. I think that's a little motivation as well. And then you're playing up against a team that, I mean, you just beat the crap out of typically every single year. And if your Vanderbilt began the season with Hawaii, uh, got that touchdown win, then then blew out Alabama A&M. But you've been winless since. And, again, you're 0 for in conference play. And because you played in that week zero, you got two bye weeks. So you're coming off a of bye week. So, yeah, you had two weeks to prepare for Tennessee. But you practice a week. You come back for a holiday week. It's a weird week. you got to go to Tennessee. I, I feel like Tennessee I, – I just feel like Tennessee is going to be ready and come out and start strong and treat this game the way it should be because of all those factors. And I think Vanderbilt might just lay down. I feel like Tennessee's frustrated because we haven't seen uh, we we hadn't seen a game like Missouri for Tennessee and Josh Heupel, and then we hadn't yeah. hadn't seen a game really like Georgia since twenty twenty one Georgia probably for Josh Heupel in, in Tennessee. So I think there's a lot of frustration that they haven't really been able to do anything the last couple of weeks. They haven't been able to get stops. They haven't been able to uh, score offensively. Like it's it's frustrations on both sides of the ball, and I don't think that's like team unraveling drama all this stuff kind of frustration it's just they want to play better they've played two really good football teams and they've got pretty well handled both weeks uh so yeah it's vanderbilt it's it's senior day it's that last chance to play in even stadium like coaches talk about it all the time like you only get 12 of these opportunities or whatever and it's cliche and all that stuff but it really is like you work all year round for these 12 opportunities and a bowl game you're gonna have 13. But to, you know, how, how many home games do you have a year? Eight, seven, eight, something like that. So no. you don't get many of them. You need to enjoy them. It feels like this Tennessee team should be trying to kind of punch off the ropes right here, uh, get themselves out of the corner and, and, and make a statement because they're a better football team than we've seen the last two weeks. Uh, and they can play like that. And, and if they can, it kind of springboards you towards whatever bowl game you end up in and, and this next month of practice. Listen, I mean, I, you, you and I, I mean, it's we're not playing football, but like everything we do in our job revolves around these 12 Saturdays too. So like, I get it. And, and from a guy that, you know, met, you know, is, is 1099 for, you know, locked on balls and, and everything I make comes from literally just consumer. It's like sales, right? I mean, it's like, like everything right. I make from, from that channel is like based on the listeners and viewers. Like I, I truly like these 12 weeks are everything because the bowl game's cool and all but i mean your your viewership your your page clicks your you know your traffic your sessions any way you want to look at it and grading you know podcast numbers tv numbers or, or written work um it's it's gonna take a nosedive after this week just because football season is is the king of everything so um truly when they say that there's only 12 saturdays i mean i feel that <laughs> like and, and so i'm gonna i'm gonna miss football season so much man having said that you know, let, let, let's assume that Tennessee takes care of business. It's a 27.5 point favorite at home, total sitting at 56.5. Let's assume Tennessee takes care of business. Sure, there's been a lot of disappointing areas of this season, but Tennessee finishes 8 and 4, 4 and 4 in SEC play, year three. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, the way I view it is typically, I feel like 8 and 4 is going to be the floor with, with, with this offense, with this head coach. If that's the floor, then I feel like you're doing something right. Now, you can't settle for that. 
You can't settle for that. You can't expect that. That doesn't need to be eight and four next year, even though there's going to be a lot of turnover, especially at the quarterback position. But um, what are your thoughts on if Tennessee finishes this eight and four, four and four um, overall here to end in year number three? I feel like that was the most popular prediction back in August. Um, I feel like probably the losses were a little bit different. There'd probably be a Texas A&M loss instead of Missouri loss or, or whatever. But if they do finish eight and four, like, yeah, it's, it's a different context because of how much fun 2022 was. You didn't only win 11 games, but you beat Alabama the way you did. You went to LSU and won the way you did. You beat Florida at home. Um, you had a Heisman candidate quarterback up until the second well, second to last week of the season. The offense was insanely electric. It was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun to follow around the country. Um, and then you fast forward and the offense struggles as much as it has this year and the inconsistencies and the defense one week is, is looking like it can carry you like it did against Texas A&M and other weeks it can't get off the field on third down to save its life like Florida and like um, uh, Georgia last week. So Eight and four, if that's the floor, like you said, and I think that's what all the predictions, a lot of the predictions were, that's a pretty good – because everybody kind of went in thinking this is going to kind of going to be a little bit of a bridge year, gap year, get to Nico, figure out what the program looks like once Nico takes over, um, just how good he can be, how much he lives up to the hive. So, yeah, you, you took care of business. It's just there's a lot of frustration along the way. You could have been better. You could have beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa if you just played a little bit better in the second half. You should have beat Florida. That's a bad Florida team, but this isn't the first Tennessee team that has failed to beat a bad Florida team. Um, Missouri is better than you. Georgia is better than you. Tip your hat there. Um, so, yeah, eight and four is not what fans probably wanted based on some of the stuff they've seen at some points this season, but it's it's not an unfair landing place or a failed landing place, I guess, for this team. It's, it's still an eight-win season, and you kind of pick it up and move forward based on what you built in 2022. Um, it's It's – I do think it's good that people aren't happy with eight wins. It feels like that's a step in the right direction. The expectations yep. have been raised because if they went six, seven, eight, the first three years under Josh Apple, you'd be feeling pretty good about an eight win team, but you saw so much potential a year ago that the expectations of the Tennessee fan base were raised. So uh, it's a, it's a gap year bridge or whatever gets to next year and see what it looks like uh, and go from there. Yeah. And um, you know, expectations are raised and that's okay. Coming off of a loved one season. I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, everybody likes to take victory laps on the right on the general's quarters, especially about the quarterback or Joe Milton or whatever. Allow me to take a little victory lap here. There was a podcast we did back in the summer. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about obviously Tennessee football, you know, Joe Milton quarterback, all this. And, um, I think we all were saying like, I mean, we're not expecting him to be a Heisman finalist, but, uh, yada, yada, like he should be, you know, good. It should be exciting, you know, whatever. And points and times in the year it was, but overall it wasn't. But the, the phrase there was, don't expect him to be a Heisman finalist. And I remember there was a thread on the board, and somebody was mad at us. Why, why won't he be a Heisman finalist? I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Like, I don't know. I mean, trust me. I you, you spend nine months out of the year predicting and previewing and everything, and there's, there's a lot that I was wrong about this football team. I thought the wide receiver room was was – Knowing you were taking, you were losing some good guys. I thought the wide receiver room was going to be fine. It was not. <laughs> Spoilers. It wasn't. I thought that the linebacker group was going to be a strength, but one key injury made it to where it, it wasn't. I mean, that's all it takes sometimes. And, and the timing of it with Keenan Peely in the game number one of the year. So, anyway, um, lot lots happened over the course of the football season. And of course, we'll continue but I mean, to talk there was, about it. There was also a thread on the board this week saying like, why, why don't the mods fess up and say, Joe's not a good, 
I don't think any any of us ever said Joe was like you know the answer. I think we just said that this coaching staff trusted Joe to put them in the best position to win more than they yeah. My stance was always it was never what do I twenty twenty three season. Yeah, it, it was never what do I think it's – I mean, I'll tell you what's not going to happen, Nico starting. That's just not going to happen. My, my, that was always my stance. And I mean, at points in times, Grant, like, I mean, we don't have a, have a full-blown discussion, but he did improve as the year's gone on. He truly did. And, and then the last two weeks um, just wasn't good. And, and even, even remember, like, even when he was improving and he was doing some nice things, he was still not a game-breaker. And I think, again, that's the biggest thing. Like a guy that you're winning because of – when things break down, you know, you can flip a switch and go make a play. Right. I mean, not just Joe. There ain't nobody on this offense or really on this team that are no. like that. So I, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, Jalen Wright can, and some of the running backs can make those big plays. But, and again, I feel like I feel like this is something we've been talking about for weeks. Joe has been a problem. He's not been the only problem. The wide no. receivers have been an issue. The drops have been an issue. The injuries have been an issue. Nobody ever wants to make or hear injuries as an excuse, but this is a pretty beat-up football team, secondary linebackers, offensive line, the defensive line at times. The wide receivers have been decimated by injuries. Like Nobody wants to hear that, but I do think that's some reality. They, they didn't have a super deep football team to start with, and they had some pretty pretty big injuries on both sides of the ball at all levels of the offense and defense. All right, so when we come back, we'll take a look at Vanderbilt. Who are the Commodores? That and um, a whole lot more as we continue on with GameQuest here at VolQuest.com. do want to tell you about our friends over at PriceFix. PriceFix has been a whole lot of fun this year. I really appreciate the partnership that we have with PriceFix. And what are PriceFix? Well, I'll tell you right now. PriceFix, it's a chance where you can win 25 times your money back this football season um, and it's where they're going to give you an instant deposit match up to $100 if you put in that promo code VQ. VQ is that promo code. But how does it work? Well, it, it's essentially picking totals. You're going to go over, you're going to go under. You're going to go more than or less than. Price Picks is going to give you a player stat projection, and all you have to do is click more than or less than. You put that together with two to six of your picks. And then you watch the winnings roll in. Plus, again, I'll remind you, you go to prizepicks.com right now, put in that promo code VQ, VQ, you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Okay, so I'm sharing the screen here. If you're if you're watching on uh, YouTube right now, you can see the, see the screen here. Uh, due to the holiday, we're recording a little earlier in the week, so not a whole lot of options up here. Not a whole lot of Saturday options up here yet. Uh, let's go ahead and roll into it. We got... Blake Corum here, all right? We got Michigan. Obviously, a big-time football game is coming up against Ohio State this weekend. Blake Corum, 96.5 rushing yards. Grants, we're taking the over or the under there for the Michigan tailback. I mean, give me more because I've done it all season long and I haven't got a single pick right, but uh, let's go more because Michigan's uh, – it's us against the world for Michigan, even though y'all created your own adversity, so – that's whatever, but uh, big game, big moment. He's one of the best players on the team, if not the best player on the team. Give me Michigan. Uh, give me the over. I'm sorry. And, and remember, there's a lot of football games. There's a couple on Thursday. There's a ton on Friday and some on Saturday. So, you know, we'll release this probably about 3 o'clock on, on Friday afternoon. So maybe you're, if you're listening to this, you can get in some plays for the Friday night games. Uh, but we'll keep it simple here. Let's go, let's go back to um, – Let's go back to that Michigan-Ohio State game coming up. J.J. McCarthy, passing yards, 201 in the hook. 201 
and the hook against Ohio State? Less because I just predicted his running back to, to kind of go off. So I'll go J.J. Less, Blake, more. Let's go back to the SEC right here. Devin Leary on Saturday against Louisville. Rivalry. Rivalry. Uh, you got Kentucky against Louisville. Devin Leary, 205 yards and a half. I got to be honest with you, man. I have not paid attention, like, stat-wise to Kentucky since Tennessee played them. Like Spencer Rattler, did, did Devin Leary get propelled into a nice little end of the season, or did he go back to being Devin Leary? Uh, I think he kind of regressed back to being the Devin Leary that uh, he was before. I don't think Well, he's good on Tennessee's defense. Way to do your job. Against, <laughs> against much team. Sorry, Vols. Uh, Devin Leary's numbers two hundred five in the hook. What do you got? Uh, you know, on that note, we should go less, right? Uh, less, big and Louisville is. I don't know where Louisville came from, but they're really, they're tough, man. Every single week, it seems like they're they're winning a tough game, and, and I, I don't I don't know what Brom's done in year one to to have that kind of magic to turn it around that quickly, but they are tough. So give me uh, give me less on Devin Leary two hundred five and a half. Let's get a former Tennessee commit in here, shall we? Let's get Michael Penix. Okay, Michael Penix. 331 yards and a half against Washington State. Goodness gracious. Um, that is, <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of yards. He's having a Heisman-type season. You're going to go more or less for Michael Penix at 331 in the hook. More because he is a Heisman candidate, and they're trying to get the guy the Heisman trophy. Um, that That's another one where it looks like you you look up every night, or every Saturday night, and that running back, uh, the Mississippi State transfer at Washington, has like 237 yards rushing or something, putting up crazy numbers. But but Michael Penix has been just as good, and he is that Heisman candidate for a reason. I think they're going to try to get him the trophy. Obviously, he's got to overcome Jaden Daniels at LSU at this point. It feels like he's the favorite, so uh, he's yeah. going to have to do something impressive to get some attention. All right, last one we're doing here. Again, recording a little earlier in the week due to the holiday, and there's no Tennessees out there, but we'll, we'll continue to have fun with this. Let's go Peyton Thorne, Iron Bowl time, Auburn and Alabama. Peyton Thorne, 154 and a half passing yards. I mean, Joe Milton can throw more than that, right? I mean, goodness gracious, that is not a whole lot whatsoever, but Alabama's defense pretty good. Less because it's against Alabama and less because we've done that yearly annual tradition where people write off Saban in August, September, whatever, and mm-hmm. he somehow finds a way to, to maybe sneak into a playoff. So they, obviously they got to take care of Georgia and the SEC championship, do something there to get into the playoff. But uh, Auburn coming off of what was the loss to New Mexico State, 31 to 10, something like that Saturday night? Yeah, it was bad, yeah. Some some crazy numbers. So they, they got to be in a pretty bad place, and here comes Alabama to make things even worse. And you're right. I mean, style points don't matter, but but don't they? But but do they? So they do. Yeah, I mean, they do. 100%. No mercy. Absolutely no mercy is coming up for Alabama. All right, so that's uh, kind of a little exercise we did, and you can do that as well at pricepicks.com. The only difference is you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Two to five player stat projections. You're just picking totals, guys, more than – or less than, and watch the winnings roll in. Again, instant deposit match up to $100. All you need to do is put in that promo code VQ. Promo code VQ at pricepicks.com. VQ is that promo code. All right, welcome back into the game. Quest, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Not Hawaii. Vanderbilt to end the regular season. It's going to be at Neyland Stadium. And uh, that game is going to kick off at 3.30 on the SEC Network. Were you like me a couple weeks ago when they announced kickoff time? 3.30 SEC Network, I'm like, isn't that time slot at 4? Like, I was confused. Yeah, 
I thought it was four o'clock. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're trying to get some ratings off CBS uh, in the last SEC CBS Saturday for who knows how long. Maybe they're trying to because Tennessee Vanderbilt people are going to be you know itching to see that one nationally. People can't totally. wait. I'm sure. So they're going to take away from what is it the Iron Bowl on CBS Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I, I would assume. Uh, I haven't even looked at the schedule. That yeah, was a couple so, of years ago. I, I, that's uh, what I thought. I thought it was 4 o'clock. I thought it was noon. I thought it was 7.30. I thought that was the SEC Network time slot. <laughs> there was a couple of years ago. Um, I guess it had to be 2021. Um, was that the year whenever Auburn held like a 10-point lead over Alabama in the, in the fourth quarter and Alabama came back and won? I don't know. I mean, it was a couple of years ago. And I remember we're all sitting up there in the tunnel uh, trying to get some recruits after, the, after Tennessee's game against Vanderbilt. And it's, you know, me and, and I don't, I don't think AP was around, but me and a couple other guys from other sites and, and Matt Ray was probably standing right next to me at the time. And we're all watching, um, we're all watching the iron bowl on, on someone's cell phone. And there's recruits walking by us left and right. And we, we just don't even care. We're just in there watching the iron bowl. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, well do your job or, or watch an actual good football game. So that was, that's what the iron bowl that was is. The, uh, that was the year all the Auburn of players were celebrating by doing that crane thing that the Alabama players did and that did not age well. The uh was that. that the Judy or was that the is that the Yes. Yes, I, th- I think that was it cuz Auburn scored and they did the crane celebration in Alabama's face and about 30 minutes later it was it was going the other way. Got to love pageantry. Got to love it. All right. Let's look at Vanderbilt. We won't spend an awful lot of time. And again, I, I'm not like all week long. I even said it when we were, we got done filming the roundtable the other day. I'm like, I turned to Brent and I'm like, man, Tennessee better win by three scores because I've been talking so much, not not like fan talking shit crap about um a family show about um about the your opponent, but it's just like I've been very <laughs> degrading about the performance of Vanderbilt so far this season. But it is what it is. You look at offensively. It's dead last in the conference and points per game at 22.7 and total yards of offense on average at 320. This team is averaging only 320 yards of total offense a game. Goodness. It's 10th in the league in passing, and I think that was lifted up by A.J. Swan, his first five starts of the season, two starts against Hawaii and, and Alabama A&M at 223. Rushing yards at 96 on average a game. That's 13th in the league. Thrown 12 picks, fumbled seven times, allowed 25 sacks. Um, AJ Swan, which I'm low key kind of a fan of, um, he essentially got injured, got benched. I think he's like number three on the depth chart right now. He's active. I mean, I'm not, I don't watch Vanderbilt football every week, but I went and made sure that he is active and he is. But it's been Ken Seals. Ken Seals has been the guy. And Grant, I feel like Ken Seals has been at Vanderbilt since like when you first signed up at 247, like a decade ago. I mean, how was this guy still there? I mean, goodness great. He he literally came in. He was that hot shot freshman. Oh, he's going to be a stud. And then it was like, oh, Mike Wright. And then it was like, oh, AJ Swan. Like he's gotten replaced twice, and now he's back the starter again. What year was that when he was a freshman? Because I do remember it was like Ken Seals was like the future of the program. Like he was supposed to be that good. But and, and you're right to talk down on Vanderbilt because they're a bad football team. They're a bad football program. I'm not sure Clark Lee's a bad football coach. It's just they're in a very impossible to win situation. Hard to win situation, however you want to call it. Um, Because you're Vanderbilt and you're in the SEC and it's only getting worse because here comes Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC's growing. It's going to get even tougher. 
Uh, I think it makes you respect what James Franklin did at Vanderbilt for the, the time that he was there and the wins and, and the program that he was able to build. But you open with Hawaii and Alabama A&M and you win those games and you don't even have a stadium. You've got uh, active construction zones in both end zones when you've got a video board being held up by cranes and you've got guys in hard hats on the other side of the fence during game. It's just a strange situation. Apparently Clarksley's is fine. He's coming back and I'm sure he's going to have to make some changes on his coaching staff or something like that after the struggles they've had. But it just feels like a very hard to win situation, very impossible to win situation. That job in this league, that football program, you know, obviously it's in a great location. There's a lot of talent around it, uh, but it's just, it's hard to be other, anything other than what we've seen Vanderbilt be the last two, three years. Yeah. And, um, Again, you know, Derek Mason sniffed success maybe for a year or two. Of course, James Franklin. I mean, there's just it's hard to win at Vanderbilt, and it just kind of is what it is. Um, couple things, you know, watching some of those fall baseball scrimmages this year. You know, me and um, you know, a couple of the guys and and maybe two or three fans. You know, there's construction going all the way around, and like you get a line drive, they say, "Hey, watch out, watch out," you know. But like, hopefully that's not going to be the case in the spring. I would, I would seriously doubt that would be the case in the spring. They kind of clean things up, press pause. I mean, I turned, I tuned in for that Hawaii game at the beginning of the year for Vanderbilt because it was week zero, and there are two cranes holding up the jumbotron. I'm just like, oh my god, it's insane. Um, so there's that. Number two, Ken Seals literally has only been there since 2020. It feels like he's been there forever. But like, like I said a moment ago, he was the starter. He was great. He got benched for Mike Wright. He was starter. He was great. He got benched for AJ Swan, and now he's the starter again. And, and newsflash for you: I mean, he'll probably be the starter. You know, AJ Swan might trans. One of those guys might transfer. He's got eligibility next year too, so he could very well be the starter again next year. Uh, that being Ken Seals. It's it's because he's been there since COVID, and uh, we view everything pre-COVID, post-COVID. It feels like the last three years have been the last thirty years. So yeah, that's how old Ken Seals is. All right, so when you're looking at Vanderbilt's offense, again, um, Mike Wright, who was a part-time starting quarterback, he was also the second-leading rusher. Obviously, he's at Mississippi State. He transferred out the leading rusher, Ray Davis. He's made a name for himself, obviously, at Kentucky. He transferred out. You got two running backs who are not very good. They kind of split the work share of Cedric Alexander and Patrick Smith, averaging 3.8 and 4.3 yards per carry. The only playmaker uh, to this point on offense for Vanderbilt is Will Shepard. Will Shepard's a good player. I mean, he is. He's got 45 receptions, 640 yards, and eight touchdowns. That's tied for third in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, Will Shepard deserves better. He should have went to the portal last year, <laughs> along with that jolly guy from UConn. I know Will Shepard. I mean, Will Shepard's been in this league for a couple of years. He's a good player. Um, I don't know why he stuck at Vanderbilt. Uh, Jaden McGowan's also a wide receiver. That's a name I recognize. He's got 36 receptions. So you got Shepard at 45 receptions, McGowan at 36 receptions, and then like the next closest receivers at like 19 receptions. So it's very much uh, they're going to throw it to two guys and two guys only top situation. You look defensively, man, literally dead last in the conference and everything. So Last in points allowed, 35. Last in total defense, 440 yards of total offense for other teams on average. Uh, allowing 264 yards through the air, 176 yards on the ground. All this last in the conference. Uh, they had, they do have 12 picks. I'm sure that's not last. That's, that's a pretty good number. Three fumble recoveries, and they've sacked opposing quarterbacks 20 times. Um, no more Anthony Orgy 
it's his name hey it's his name um it's, an, it's a name it's it's a name he's no longer there and that was not only a name that stood out to me because it's the name but he was also a good player um he's no longer there anymore y- you've got a guy in nate clifton up front that's a pretty decent player off the edge you got a safety to ricky wright that's a pretty decent player bottom line just not a not a very well-rounded unit for vanderbilt and, and the stats kind of show that so I, I think all this to say grant if Tennessee comes out and plays remotely what it's capable of offensively running the football, we're getting tempo, defensively getting after the passer, shutting down the run, Tennessee should win by 21 plus, in my opinion. I mean, it's it, it, it could be the greats, cherry on top, icing on the cake to finish off a little bit of a disappointing season, but finish it off the right way and still have a, a respectable record. I'm going to say something. I don't know who's going to disrespect more, UConn or Vandy, but this feels a lot like UConn. And I, obviously, UConn, you get a pick, you get two pick sixes, and you get a fumble return for a touchdown, and that helps you score 59 points. And I don't know if Tennessee scored 59 points against Vanderbilt, but it feels like a game where you should just come out and you should dominate on offense, you should dominate on defense, and it should be no question from the start, kind of like it was against UConn a few weeks ago. And and what you obviously don't want is to come out and have an Austin P 2.0. And in the season on that kind of dud, that kind of flop, because this is a bad football team. You're a pretty good football team, better than you've shown the last two weeks. Uh, and it needs to look that way on Saturday. And it needs to take positive steps into how many ball practices are there, 15, and wherever you're going and whoever you're playing. You need to take positive steps toward that because a nine-win season could still be a big deal. I mean, it's it's a, it's a good number for Tennessee football at this point in this building process of, of trying to hypo trying to fill out this roster and flip this roster and, and get some talent here and, and be able to compete at, at a higher level. So you, you can win this game the way you won that UConn game. Uh, and you need to go out there and play like, despite the holiday grants still written like 200 stories for the website this week. Um, about 117 no, story. No, no, that's, that's because feast week. Okay. It's, it's a great week for college basketball. But it's nonstop basketball, and it, it's it's it's. I, I haven't seen my family in days. They don't know what my name is. Um, so <laughs> that's, them, that's right? a different story for a different day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but point being, I don't know if you read about this yet, but we we've seen projections roll in all week long. Pretty much every single projection that I've seen right now is Tennessee, UNC in the Gator Bowl because Tennessee's going to play NC State here soon. Tennessee, UNC in the Gator Bowl, and. Um, you know, all things considered, it doesn't get you in Nashville. It doesn't get you at Liberty. It doesn't get you in Charlotte. Get you the state of Florida, and uh, I think that'd be a pretty decent bowl game to end the season. Plus, Drake May won't play in the game, which is unfortunate. But you you get a competent team in North Carolina that's would be a pretty decent little challenge. You'll you'll be surprised to know that I was at Cub Scout meeting on Tuesday with my kid hammering away on bowl projections, getting those ready for uh, later in the week. And yes. I looked at I think ten different media outlets, and two of them are ESPN because they have they have two different guys that do projections, and I think nine of them were the Gator Bowl. Uh, the only exception was the Music City Bowl against Rutgers, which would be something. It would it would be something. Um, and then there was a I think there were seven projections or six for Tennessee North Carolina. There's a couple for Tennessee North Carolina State, and there's one for Tennessee Clemson, which. I don't know why anybody would pair Clemson, Tennessee up and, and run that back after they did that last year in the Orange Bowl. So Tennessee, North Carolina in the Gator Bowl would be kind of interesting. The only problem is it's a Friday, December 29th noon kickoff, which is kind of kind of gross. Um, but 
it would be an interesting matchup to see. And, and you know, does, does North Carolina have a quarterback, or is he getting ready for the draft? And, and kind of what does what do both teams look like after after the dust settles on bowl season? Figure out who you got to play with. There won't be a Christmas Day media availability, though. If that's the case, I want to I went ahead and made sure of that. So uh, I know you came down later last year, but like me, AP, and Brent met at the airport at five o'clock on Christmas Day, which is not ideal. But at least you got the whole day. Um, right. Th- there was. There was a couple when they were in Music City. There was like a there was like a media availability that that morning after Christmas, and like AP and Brent went down. I'm like, I'll see you Tuesday. I'm like, I'm like, I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna hang out, you know, with my non family and non kids right now. Um, anyway, all right, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll do a game quest the 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 week of the bowl game just to have a little fun. But this will be the last one of the regular season. So for the final time, give me a score prediction and. Give me a bold prediction. Your predictions have been super bold this year. I've been super proud of you. Um, you brought out that UConn game, two pick sixes and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. I don't. I mean, we didn't predict that, but I don't know if you can get even, even bolder than that. But uh, give me some bold predictions and a score prediction for Tennessee Vanderbilt. Uh, score prediction, Tennessee uh, 41, uh, Vanderbilt 10. Um I'm going to make that score here, and then I'm going to go in and look at game picks later in the week and see that Austin predicted the same exact score or Matt predicted the same exact score, and I'm going to have to change my score, which somehow happened the last, like, three weeks in a row. I don't know how that happened. My score's never in there Uh, until Friday morning, so. That's true. Bold prediction, uh, a defensive touchdown. I don't know. I'm not going to say interception or fumble, but a defensive touchdown and a uh, first first Nico two-touchdown game. So he had his first uh, touchdown pass against UConn. I'm going to go combines for two touchdowns. I don't know if that's a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, or two passing or two rushing, whatever, two touchdowns for Nico. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, I will go Tennessee. Give me a Fitty Burger. How many points did Tennessee score against UConn? 59-3. to Okay, so Tennessee's got a a Fitty Burger already this year, right? That's probably the only one, if my memory serves me right. That is. Okay, so give me another 50 burger. Give me the second 50 burger of the year. Give me 55. Give me Vanderbilt 17. There's going to be missed tackles. Just is what it is. Give me 55-17. Like you, my score prediction will be different in the written piece on Friday because <laughs> we're recording this earlier in the week. And my bold prediction, give me uh, give me <clears throat> James Pierce Book it book ending the regular season. Started the year with three sacks against uh Virginia. Give me three sacks against Vanderbilt for James Pierce, and give me an interception for Jalen McCullough on senior day. Um and he had a pick against Missouri. It was slaughter that I had the pick that got called back against Georgia. Give me McCullough to have an interception, three sacks for James Pierce. I'm getting real bolder. Give me Joe to give me three combined touchdowns. Because, I mean, if this game's like what you want, get in, get out. Joe can get three combined, and, and Nico can get two. And, and everybody can have a piece of the pie. Get it? Thanksgiving, everybody can have a piece of the pie. Um, so give me hey Joe yo. combined. Hey Joe, yo. give me three touchdowns combined. McCullough, an interception. And James Pierce, three sacks. I mean, pretty much I'm going to make my own PDF stat, stat sheet here and see how close I am. Uh, that is my bold prediction. Either way you want to spend it, though, Grant, I think we both agree. Um, Tennessee comes out here, handles this week the right way. It's a lot of distractions. Holiday, um, you know, coming off two losses, senior day, 
handle this week the right way, Tennessee should handle Vanderbilt with ease. Yeah, play well. Win big uh, and and work out some frustrations over the last couple of weeks and, and turn your attention to the bowl game. All right, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. That's coming up Saturday at 3.30 on the SEC Network. Uh, we'll have all the preview coverage all week long, obviously, up until kickoff. During the game, we'll have the game thread and live updates. And, of course, after the game, we'll have all the coverage you possibly want over at VolQuest.com. Plus, basketball coverage has been going on all week long. Recruiting coverage has been going on all week long. There's not a, there's never a dull moment over there on the General's Quarters. Uh, go ahead and hang out with us over there. Appreciate you guys for being here. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. For Grant Ramey, I'm Eric Kane. And this is Game Quest, a VolQuest.com game day